Welcome to Movies Your Life. I'm your host, Nathan Chandler, and we invite you to a journey filled with extravagant mansions, high-stakes drama, and a touch of romance as we discuss the number 32 film on the 50 best rom-coms list, Crazy Rich Asians. Whitney watched this film with me, so she just begged to be a part of this discussion. So uh, I'm welcoming in Whitney. How are you, Whitney? I'm good. I'd like it noted that I begged to be on it is a little bit of an over-exaggeration, but <laughs> I am glad to be on it, but you always do this at 8.30 and it's past my bedtime. So you hey, don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we are bringing in a, our, uh, our guest, Jojo, who uh, she's returning. Uh, she originally was on the podcast uh, with our episode on 27 Dresses. So how are you doing, Jojo? I'm doing good, and I feel like I'm going to be laughing a lot thanks to it. So well, hopefully, I'll be able to get words out. Let me just say that not only is JoJo my friend and coworker and all sorts of things, but I really enjoy JoJo because she's a good audience, and that only makes me th say things more just because I can get a laugh out of her. So I don't know. Good luck getting a word in, Nathan. Yeah, I, 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 just, I just want you to realize that this isn't one of your like conference calls that you do during you do during the week. This is this is uh, the movie podcast. Can you keep that frame of mind? What what movie are we covering? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Uh, so oh, no. so uh, JoJo, have you seen this film as many times as you have Twenty Seven Dresses? Not as many times, but I do own this one on DVD as well. Um, so that's kind of my ranking for rom-coms. If I own it on DVD, then I really enjoy it. And okay. so it is one I own on DVD. R roughly how many how many DVDs are in your collection? Two. No. <laughs> there are more than that. I have quite a few. It's a weird array of movies, though. Like, I got Game of Thrones in there. I got Fast and the Furious. Got Harry Potter, but I've also got 27 Dresses, Crazy Rich Asians, Bridesmaids, um, The Goonies. I, it's a weird array of movies. Oh, can you, uh, just real quickly, I know this isn't really part of the movie, but can you sell Whitney on Game of Thrones? Nope. I know her enough to know that it would never work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're probably right there. It's so. an amazing show, and I think everyone should watch it. And I could talk about it for hours. However, because I know Whitney, I know that no matter what I say, there's nothing I could say that would entice her to want to watch it. Okay, yeah. Nothing at all? No, I don't think so. Okay. I've <laughs> tried. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fasten our seatbelts, uh, gra grab your passport, and get ready to jet set with us to the extravagant world of crazy rich Asians. March. We've been dating for over a year now, and I think it's about time people met my beautiful girlfriend. What about us taking an adventure east? Like Queens? Singapore. Colin's wedding. Don't you want to be my family? I hardly know anything about them. Every time I bring them up, it changes the subject. Maybe his parents are poor, and he has to send them money. Let's take a bag and get you checked into first class. Can't afford this. So your family is rich. We're comfortable. That is exactly what a super rich person would say. Crazy Rich Asians is a 2018 American film directed by John M. Chu from a screenplay based on the 2013 novel of the same title by Kevin Kwan. The film stars Constant Wu, Henry Golding, Gemma Chan, Lisa Liu, Aquafina, Ken Jeong, and Michelle Yao. 
It follows a Chinese-American professor who travels to meet her boyfriend's family and is surprised to discover they are among the richest in Singapore. The film was announced in August 2012 after the rights to the book were purchased. Many of the cast members signed on in the spring of 2017, and filming took place from April to June of that year in parts of Singapore, Malaysia, and New York City. It is the first film by a major Hollywood studio to feature a majority cast of Chinese descent in a modern setting since the Joy Luck Club in 1993. Despite such praises, the film received some criticism for casting biracial actors over fully ethnically Chinese ones in certain roles. Additional criticism was also directed at the film for failing to acknowledge Singapore's multiracial demographic by including other Singaporean ethnic groups, as well as perpetuating stereotypes of East and Southeast Asians. So uh, before I go into a little bit more of the description, I at least wanted to get that out there about this movie. Um, honestly, uh, watching it, I kind of forgot that it had had that kind of controversy uh, surrounding it. Do you, do you two remember that at all? I remember the controversy just so I have a very, like, I love and enjoy learning more about Asian cultures. And so I heard about that controversy and all the things that went into it, especially the casting controversies, because there was a whole thing with Brenda Song where she was like, I wanted to be in the movie, but didn't get cast because it wasn't Asian enough. Um, mm. And then that turned into a whole other thing. And like the director reportingly saying like, I, I'm upset that someone told you that because it wasn't him who said it. He's like, that shouldn't have happened. I'm sorry that happened to you. I would have loved for you to be in this movie. And so, and that's when I kind of was like, oh, I wonder what else happened with this and kind of dived into more of like that controversy behind that. And so I knew about that part of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to at least with this, like I don't want this podcast to necessarily dive into all that because frankly, I don't think... I'm the person that <laughs> is even in the right place to dissect such a thing, but we're just going to be talking about, you know, the movie as we, you know, see it and just the film as it, uh, as it stands, if that sounds good <laughs> to you all. Sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this movie premiered on August 7th, 2018 and was released theatrically in the U.S. on August 15th, 2018. A major critical and commercial success, the film grossed over $238 million on a budget of $30 million, making it the highest grossing romantic comedy of the 2010s and received high praise for the performance of its cast, the screenplay, and production design. The film received numerous accolades and two sequels, based on the novel's follow-ups, uh, are currently in development. So anyway, that's this kind of movie in a nutshell. Um, so I, I guess I'll ask you, Jojo, for, for, you, own the, you own this movie, so this is a movie that you enjoy? I love it. And we'll get into when we talked about 27 Dresses and all my love of cringy things and the fun big scenes. This movie gives me all those in a beautiful, <laughs> in a beautiful way. And so <laughs> this movie so much. Once again, it feeds into my love of Asian culture and just like the beauty and the colors and the brightness of it all, which I love. So yeah. Also because you like box office stuff. Did you know that this was a flop in China? Oh, it was. Yes. <laughs> it was a box office flop in China. Did really well in America. Yeah. That's interesting. I can imagine. Um, just because I, I mean they have China has its own like film <laughs> film industry there. So it probably just didn't seem maybe that much out of the norm. I, I guess maybe that's why. 
I have no clue why. I just saw that and I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I might have put Whitney to sleep with uh, the description of all that. Uh, you did. You lost. <laughs> <laughs> lost. <laughs> She's gone. So, so uh, you know, it it probably. I don't know if we saw this together for the first time together. Um, I'm sure we did. Yeah, you think so? I feel yeah. like you. I, I feel like you went and saw it in the theater with somebody, and then. I didn't see it out until it was out on DVD or whatever. Oh, well, I saw it in the theater. So I yeah. don't know who I saw yeah. it with. Yeah, maybe so, JoJo. <laughs> maybe it wasn't me. Yeah. I know. I wouldn't so, remember that. <laughs> but regardless, it had been a little while. Uh, do, did you find yourself still liking the movie? What? Yeah, I did like it. I like JoJo. I loved, I mean, I like romantic comedies, obviously. That's why we're having this podcast. But so I love romantic comedies. I like the, you know, the formula of them. But I also loved uh, the rich colors and the getting to see that culture and see the city and the sights and the um, just all of that that had to do with it. I, I enjoyed that part of it. I liked the the culture of the families and the way that they reacted to them. Um, I don't know how. I mean, I imagine that's pretty true to form, but I liked the the patriarchy of those families or the matriarchy, I guess the grandmothers and the mothers, um, as well as just seeing their houses, uh, the, the family that was like new money, their house looked like new money, just real ornate. And I just, I thought that was pretty fascinating. I don't well, know. What there is don't to it, yeah. I loved it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought to me really stood out about this movie. I think, if you looked at this list as a whole, uh, as far as cinematography goes, I think probably this movie like would get number one because uh, YouTube touched on it. Just the colors. It's so such a very vibrant movie, a very slick <laughs> movie. Um, I was actually a little surprised. I mean, $30 million budgets, nothing to uh, scoff at, but I almost, I, I would have thought maybe more money <laughs> was spent on this movie. Uh, you know, the bachelorette, party and the bachelor party and the the wedding and all, you know all the locations i, I would have thought it was more than that and especially when you say, yeah go ahead when you say that amount does that include all the the salaries of the famous people too that's you i i don't know exactly all the breakdown but usually that's kind of what it's you know uh entailing okay yeah because i would just you know probably I mean, that's one thing you look at this now and the cast is so big and a lot of recognizable faces, but probably those faces have gotten a lot more famous now since this movie uh, came out yeah. in 2018. Um, so, but yeah, it just, it kind of, that kind of shocked me, but um, you know, it, it made about over, you know, $200 million more. So, uh, but it's interesting. I, I would thought that uh the sequel, you know, apparently it's been in development for a long time. I would have thought it would have, come out by now so i wonder why that hasn't happened i was curious about that too because i when i was re-watching it i forgot that about that small interaction at the end with uh the cousin and as she's like dealing and reeling from separate like what's going on with her husband and dealing with that and that interaction you see between her and that guy at the end at the party and I was like, oh, I forgot about that. That leads into the sequel, which hasn't come out yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think that's because of COVID? I mean, like, yeah. that was 2018. And if they were oh, yeah. pitching a sequel then, then 2020 happened. And it, I mean, I don't know. 
that goes COVID. way off of your topic but it ruins but, everything covid <laughs> yeah no probably considering probably the international locations they would want to envelop uh into the stories yeah that's that's probably not too shocking that that would be the cause uh jojo have you read the books before i have not um uh, but they are currently i'm not a huge audiobook person but they are currently queued up in my audiobooks because i'm gonna listen to them oh there you go maybe if you called them books on tape you would like them better no that's i really like books that that tape. doesn't make it better whitney i'm not an 80 year old woman <laughs> <laughs> i might be <laughs> you, should, you should see her headphones it's still those ones with the like padding that slip true. off look <laughs> she has I just showed her my airpod she has she has special shoes for the mall when she goes and true. She, she walks around and listens to um yeah uh so i like i do think the one thing about this movie um especially in i think you mentioned it but uh jojo astrid storyline uh, just completely doesn't work for me in this movie it just seems like such an aside but I can see how that's probably a bigger part of the books, even though I haven't read it. But I think a lot of the the, the relatives and everything, you could tell that probably in the novel, they're a little bit more fleshed, uh, fleshed out. But yeah, I, I don't know if that storyline just seems like it's just like thrown in into this movie. It was, it's definitely one of those, like when you go back and rewatch it and think about it and think about the books, it's like a lead in into like, if they bought the rights for all three books and are doing all the sequels, it leads mm. into that next story. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that, that makes sense. But uh, otherwise, yeah, it is kind of a weird, like a side story and within the story. Do you two think that this is, a, a, it's, you know, it's definitely in the romantic genre but <clears throat> thinking back about it i don't think this is a particularly like really funny movie it's aquafina is funny i was gonna say it's funny for aquafina and uh what is that man's name ken jung yeah yeah it's and funny the, for them and like the characters they play in the like they're the comedic relief in the romantic comedy yes but in my opinion but yes they are but their scenes are like very they're actually not in it that much and to me i just i i feel like uh i don't know i almost felt like this movie would have worked better if it was a little bit more uh uh serious because i think that's when it really works is in the moments of really high drama how do you feel about that i don't, I don't think like, there was like... enough meat to it to be yeah. a high drama movie you don't I think if it I think uh -huh. if it would have been, I don't, I, there would have to add more for it to give me more drama. Because, like, I think the aunties are all funny. I enjoy all the aunties and their little quips and the way, and like their little nuances, I feel like kind of add to it too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can see that. I, I just, and I'll, we can talk about it later. I just think the tension that's between, um, you know, his, basically her future mother in law. Uh, that relationship there and then with the grandmother and the son and how they see him. Um, I, I mean, I, I feel like those themes that that's what I connect to a little bit more than um, the uh, I guess the comedic things that they're going for. All right. I'll give you that. <laughs> you guys are like, eh. Eh, I'll give you it, but I still think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. I, think it's funny. I, I think it's like what every person thinks about like in-law relationships of like they're setting up her as just kind of a hard nose like i think she's playing a little too over the top to be considered just drama i think that is where it is kind of funny the grandma 
how mean she is to him, how mean the mom is to her. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think that's what's, kind of being overplayed on purpose. What's funny is that uh, I had read somewhere a while back that, like, she made changes to the script because in the original script, apparently it was like her character was even worse. Oh. And she was like, and she was like, I don't like the way she's portrayed. We're going to change that. And I was like, that worse than this? <laughs> yeah. She's like the over, she portrays like you talk about like in laws and thinking of that way. I think of it as like, because hashtag I'm not married. Um, <laughs> it's like the overbearing parent. Like my mom messaged me yesterday was like, Where are you doing? Where are you at? I'm like, Okay, knows you need to know everything about my life. It's like his mom like needed to know like every aspect of the fact that she didn't know like that starting moment in the movie when it's going all over the world that he's bringing somebody to the wedding and she's the last one to find out. And she's like, why am I just now finding this out? And like that moment is like that. So it's like, she became that overbearing parent because it's like, Oh, I just found out. So now we're going to really just kind of lean into that heart. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I really like Constance Wu, uh, in this movie as Rachel. Like I, I think she's a great, leading lady in this film i don't know how you all feel about about her but i'm actually a little surprised that i I haven't seen her in much other stuff because i think she's really good in this film no i think she she did an amazing as the lead and like i'm all about like facial expressions on people in movies especially romantic comedies and i feel like she really played the part with her face that's a weird thing to say (laughs) she had good facial expressions for like the right moments where like didn't seem over the top or like too forced like it was genuine it it must be become because it comes from a book and i guess you know most of them do but because it comes from a novel i i really like how they set her up at the very beginning as teaching um the gameplay and the economics i mean she could have been called an economics professor and i would have never related it back to a game of poker ever but because they set it up that way um and then at the end, she basically plays poker with the family and knows she can strategize against them. And I think that that really helps the movie like kind of come back together and just shows that she's very, very smart. She may not have all the money that he has, but it definitely shows her worth because otherwise you might be like, is she a gold digger? I don't know if that's a correct term that I should even be using, but is she the that? correct term. You did a like, good job. Well, I just did it. Yeah. Anyway, is she you know like but because she was just kind of smart and nerdy and like an economics professor she probably didn't even know he was i mean i know they say she doesn't know who he is but you know how do you believe that (laughs) and like especially when you've got somebody famous that you're with basically so which i think it kind of ties into that uh the stereotype they leaned into of like the asian pipeline of news and like her being that Asian American who's not necessarily in that world. So it makes sense that she wouldn't know he's like Singapore Asian rich because she grew up in New York in America. Right. There. So it's like it's not something that she would know. So on one side it's like, oh yeah, I totally get that. But then like if you're around all those people, you might have picked up on it. So yeah. Um I just uh I think you talked about her uh her gestures and stuff, but also I just I think she she's obviously beautiful, but she just had that right look of like you could see her as a professor in a classroom, but when it comes to like, you know, how she has to get all decked out 
uh, for the wedding and everything. She can definitely fit into this world too. And I think that's hard to find an actress that can play both parts. Yeah, totally. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately for Whitney, when she met me, um, I, I, I wasn't able to reveal this uh, vast amount of riches that I could <laughs> provide <laughs> for a <our> relationship. <laughs> It was actually quite the opposite. <laughs> yeah, so you're not secretly a billionaire? No. I keep waiting on the day and nothing's happening. <laughs> hey, I, 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 we were trying to win the Powerball <laughs> recently, but uh, we didn't, didn't win. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't. You should, you should just ask Whitney about the uh, furniture that I owned when uh, we met. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad we don't have any of it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we could have been crazy rich Oklahomans if we Ooh. won the Powerball. <laughs> Great. I watched that show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so we talked a little bit about the like set pieces here and stuff. Uh, I, what, what, what locations or what like settings really stood out to you? The plane. Oh, the plane. <laughs> Just I love the, the plane. <laughs> yeah, I love it so much. When they put on those, like, when they put on all those, their pajamas and just lay down and go to sleep. Oh, I have so to take jammies. a bus from Oklahoma to North Carolina, and all I can think about is, like, how comfortable that looks and how uncomfortable my bus is, even though it's an executive recliner fancy bus. It costs a lot of money. That plane looks legit. And they're, like, seats are backwards, so you can just talk and, like, look forward. and that's when Hallie, like, she was watching with us, but she wouldn't really pay attention until we got to that plane. And then she was like, whoa, is that a plane? And I was like, yeah. That's Here's my the part. funny part <laughs> for me is that, like, when I've seen movies, you see, like, quote, unquote, first class. And they're always in, like, those fancy pods like that. I was like, that's not real. I've flown a lot in my life, and I've never seen that until I flew to Jerusalem. In the plane oh, to Jerusalem, at the front of that, they had those pods. And I was like, oh, my God, they're real. They weren't that big. But, like, they were still, like, you could recline and sleep and no one would bother you. You get to like, sit in them? No, no. Did, did was anybody a, with you get to sit on them? No, we did not. Those cost the, oh. lots, lots of the paper uh, that we didn't have. Because, <laughs> yeah, no, we're not crazy rich. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A long time ago when I flew to Vietnam, uh, first class, definitely not like JJ said, not quite like that, but they had the like basically seats where you could lie down. And then back in coach where I was, I was like right where the separation was. So I had a wall right in front of me. So that wasn't, the, that wasn't the best for spreading your legs out at all. <laughs> nope. nope. Uh, one time, one uh, real quick story. One time, for whatever reason, I got bumped up to first class and I got to sit in one of those seats. But unfortunately, the flight was only from the Dominican Republic to Miami before I had to like change flights. So the flight wasn't even an hour. But believe me, I, I soaked that up for all it's worth. Embrace that moment. I just love that the plane was your favorite. Your favorite, the plane. <laughs> yeah. She said it so okay. confidently. The uh, plane. What was your favorite, JoJo? I have two. Um, the uh, Picklings family's house. Maybe you should have three and have the plane as the third one. Picklings mm -mm. family's house. And then all the, like, this wedding scene of, of, I would have three then, yeah, the wedding scene. But, like, 
the scene where they're at the party and like the the tower with the three buildings, the thing, and they're up top on that. It's one of my favorite scenes because that just seems like oh, that'd be the yeah. coolest place to be and have a party and be a part of. Like that's probably cooler than the plane. I don't yeah. like the wedding scene. I know I just cut Nathan off. No, that's but, what that's what I was gonna bring up actually. I don't like why their feet are wet. I don't <laughs> want my feet to be wet in my dress and everybody's just standing in water. That's so just gross. her feet are wet. Just her feet are wet. The water went away. That's weird. The water it just was comes beautiful. down and gets the dress wet. It was no. a it was indicative of being like a water lily and the symbol that that has and her gliding across and then they were all the sprinkly, twinkly lights. It was a beautiful scene. No, no bride wants their dress to be wet. No bride. Nobody. Well, she also had on a different dress at the afterwards. She well, they are still have that dress rich. on. And they, they are changed dresses. Okay, she fine. Was just, and it was just her train that was wet. The rest of the dress was short. Look here, I was paying attention to the details. I, I knew you were going to be ridiculous about this water. I don't like the it. The train is the only thing that got her, the train in her feet. Because then, you know, you move the train off to the side. It's out of the way. And her dress was shorter. So it's not like she was standing with a wet dress on. Just the bottom of the train was wet. JoJo and I have a co-worker that looks up, like doesn't look down when she walks. Like if there's a giant puddle, she'll just walk right in it. And her feet will be rest, wet the rest of the day. And I'm just mentioning this to see if she's listening. But, like, literally, she talks about, like, my shoes are dirty. And I'm like, yeah, because you just walk straight into puddles. She doesn't even, like, pay attention. And it literally drives me crazy. But that wedding would drive me crazy. And Tara would just walk right in it, not even know there was water coming at her. <laughs> but she would know because she would be a part of the wedding party. Mm um so i I also want th to me a little bit this this movie actually provides more like questions uh to kind of ponder about maybe than actually the movie itself but um i mean we we all know that uh mean girls it's a very real thing but the the fish uh the becker party the fish in the bed with all the guts and everything wasn't that like wasn't that a little severe Listen, that scene makes me upset every time I see it for multiple reasons. One, because the writing of the blood with the fish blood on the window and the dumb line about hooking your bait or whatever was dumb and just a play on the fish thing. But they could have got a smaller fish. <laughs> and also just it grosses me out. Like I think I almost threw up the last time I watched it. Like it grosses me out. I just like... And, you know, I mean, they're definitely shocked by it, but they kind of yada yada a little bit of the severity of it. I would be like, uh, I think that person is insane. Like, that is like, that is like mobster shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> Girls are like that. Girls are worse than the mob. We, <laughs> we, are, we are very petty humans that can go ruthless and go zero to 100 real quick. I just also yep. love that they like she was the real OG and Ash was like, we're just gonna bury it. Let's just dig a hole. Everyone's around and party. Just dig in a hole and cover the fish up. <laughs> uh, I also, personally would have thrown it in the ocean. That's probably not good for the ocean, but it would have. <laughs> I also made a note that there are a lot of ab shots in this movie. <laughs> would you would you all care to comment on That's, that? 
as there should be. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you, I don't remember, and if <laughs> you have remember. it, if you have it, flaunt it. And they flaunted it. That, that that's uh that's why I married Whitney. Uh, she just <laughs> she just doesn't see abs. <laughs> I don't. I definitely don't. Shots. They are amazing. There's some good ab shots. <laughs> um, are there are there any other uh, favorite scenes or uh, quotes or that you that you like from this movie? I have a couple. I wrote them down. This is why I have notes, Whitney. For yeah. this moment, we were supposed to do this podcast a couple weeks ago, and my brain doesn't operate that long, <laughs> so I forgot all quotes. There was some that I remember, and I remember thinking, mm, "That'll be good," but I don't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Jojo. I have two that are like my all-time favorites. And one of them is when she gets to Pickling's house and they're eating dinner and they're all sitting down and the girls don't want to eat anymore. And he's like, there are starving kids in America. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't finished your nuggets yet, sweetie. Okay, there's a lot of children starving in America, right? I mean, take a look at her. She's American, huh? Really skinny. You want to look like that? No. Then eat your nuggets. Yeah, that was funny. That was one of mine. Which is really good because, like, you know, as an American growing up, was, there are starving kids in China <laughs> and other countries. There are starving kids in America. Eat your nuggets. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then uh, when they're talking about, when she's talking to her, they're sitting down eating outside and they're talking about uh, all the stuff she's, about what she wants to do and how she's going to play it. And she's like, you just need to go in there. And just tell her what's up. And she like, or, you know, she might, you know, she, they're the type of family. She'd write you a check. You just write you a check and you, and she, you'd be good. And then she's like, well, you, and she starts talking. She goes like a $10 million check. She'd write you a $10 million check to leave him. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's real stuck on that. $10 million check. Yeah. Aquafina is amazing in this movie. Uh, you know, that was, she was, this movie was a, introduction to her uh for a lot of people yeah. uh i i wish she'd uh i don't know see her in more things um it seems like she does a lot of animation voices which she's good at um but uh, she did the voice of um this it was it the seagull and the little mermaid yeah. um yeah but um but did, did you ever see the movie uh the farewell no, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Oh, you you need to see that, especially if you like uh, Asian culture. It, it's definitely more of a drama than a comedy, and it came out the following year. But Aquafina sta- stars in it, and it's more of a serious role. But she's incredible in it. Like she can jump between comedy and drama. I think she's super talented. I just really, I would, uh, yeah. I just wish the uh, you know more people gave her a chance to do more uh, serious things. But uh, you should. I did you, see that. I did see it. I shook my head no, but I saw it with you. Yeah, yeah, it, it was gr- it was an incredible movie, but it was good. Yeah, so for me, I I really particularly like this uh, Majan scene at the end when uh, she uh, goes head to head with the with the mother. So, I just wanted you to know that one day, when he marries another lucky girl who is enough for you. And you're playing with your grandkids while the tanhuas are blooming and the birds are chirping. 
that it was because of me. A poor, raised by a single mother, low-class immigrant. Nobody. Do you guys like that scene as much as I do? I love this scene because the two deaf ladies at the table, she was like, they're they're hard of hearing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just, do love this scene. I wish I knew how to play so bad. I want to learn what I want to learn in retirement when I have time to learn. But I want to learn how to play and I wish I knew how. And I think I mean obviously she good hand, but I wish I understood what the hand meant. See, I actually think that's almost the brilliance of the scene is that you you don't quite know, but I feel like they film it in such a way that you know that, you know, she just schooled her, basically. I don't know if I believe that, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm okay, Whitney. Yeah. I but, believe it. But, but I, just, I do like it. I do like the scene. Yeah, I just like how it utilizes her, you know, what she does as a living and how it, you know, she finally kind of utilizes that and just how, you know, just that back and forth. And, and, and I love the fact that she's basically like, okay, just know if I leave <laughs> that, you know, basically I'm the reason that, you know, you're happy and your son may not. I just, I, I just, I think it's just, I, I just really like how that scene plays out a lot. I like it too. And I think it kind of like meshes her character in the end, because she's that uh, portraying that atypical, like Asian American, and so it like fuses like who she is and into that Asian culture of playing that game of mahjong, and like that she was able to like school this woman who like plays it all the time, and like this is somewhere where she probably actually goes and plays this game, and she just like schooled her in that moment, and then was like nooses. Yep, yep. And I liked it that her mom was there in the background as her like. Is her like supporter and her mom was there and just looked at her. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> uh, were there, I didn't want to cut off your notes, Jojo. Were there any other scenes? Um, just that again, going back to that same scene where they're talking and she says, uh, you just got to, it's like a game of chicken. And you just got to go in there. And she was like, just go in there. Just and then she, that guy is like across the street. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's like realizing, like, oh, I'm out in public. I can't just yell things out loud. Yeah. Uh, I just that whole scene was funny, and also because that part of that scene was ad libbed in uh, improv. Oh. It wasn't actually in the script. She improved it. That's how great Aquafina is. Yes, I agree. I I did write down uh, the quote, um, and I just don't know how would you all ever respond if somebody actually used these words on you. You will never be enough. <laughs> I I think I would kind of crumble a little bit in, in, inside. Like, I think I would just break out in tears. <laughs> <laughs> Movie musings. What is the most lavish wedding that you've ever attended? My college roommate's wedding was the most lavish that I'd ever been to. And um, I helped plan it and I knew what it all was and what it entailed. And um, I just, it was beautiful, but it was, it was the most lavish. I, feel I can't like, really go on more than that. I feel like most of the weddings I've been to have been more unique than lavish. Like I went to a wedding in Portland and it was like outside in the backyard of like a really like an old antique house. Oh. And then like uh, the church I grew up in, we had 
a friend of mine who was like into party planning. And so like most of the weddings that we had in the church I grew up in were very basic. When he got married, he was like, oh no, I'm doing it up and like created a center aisle in the church because we, we just have two like side aisles, but he like moved the chairs to make it to where the two merged to make a center aisle. Cause he was like, she's walking down the center aisle. That's what I want. And like created it and like did all this stuff to make it like different than what the norm was for a church. So I feel like most of the weddings I went to were more unique than the lavish. I also but, don't know like super rich people. So. <laughs> um, so kind of branching off of that, uh, and without incriminating anybody, uh, what's the craziest bachelorette party that you've ever gone to or a cra the craziest thing that's happened? Hopefully it doesn't involve the massacre of a fish. Uh, I think bachelorette parties now have gone crazy. Like now? Like my, yes. Like I felt like mine was lavish in back in the day. And we like had one hotel suite for the night in downtown Fort Worth and we went to Pete's Piano Bar and it was like awesome, but we had this awesome suite and I felt like embarrassed that everybody spent so much on it to, to come and spend the night at a hotel. And now my niece will go on these bachelorette like weekends to like a cruise or to Florida or to Las Vegas for the whole weekend. And the people have to spend like, and she's never griped about it, but I keep being like, Maddie, this is crazy. Like they'll have to go out of town for like four days and they pay for their airfare and their hotel and all the events. And then they also pay for the bride. Like, I'm just like, I can't even believe it. And I keep thinking, thank goodness I'm done going to people's weddings, like <laughs> bachelorette parties. Like it stresses me out. They're the so furthest I've now. been for a bachelorette party was uh, Tulsa. <laughs> we went to Tulsa and stayed at a casino. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> that was a good time. I won't say anything incriminating about those people. They know who they are. Um, we don't need to talk about it more. Uh, it was a great time. I enjoyed it. Um, I think like funny, ha ha, crazy to me personally. I went to a friend's bachelorette party. It was shortly after I'd had knee surgery. And I technically probably shouldn't have gone. Um, but I decided to be a genius. And instead of going out on both my crutches, I just went out on one crutch. And thought that that was a good call to do to go out all night going clubbing on one crutch after a knee surgery. And at one point, my crutch got taken from me and was used on the dance floor by several people. <laughs> and, sitting on this and my crutch became a dancing ball on the club. Oh, that's funny. Everything you just said, I want to say one story. I went to a bachelorette party at Windstar one time at a casino down in South Oklahoma. And it had a, it had like lots of floors. I don't know how many, let's just say 20, 25. I don't know. And we got onto the elevator and one of the girls with us was drunk and she fell against all the elevator buttons and we stop. had other people on there, but she hit all of them on her way down. And so we had to stop at every single floor and the people were so mad. And every time we'd be like, sorry. And then we'd go to the next one and we were like, sorry. And there was nothing we could do. And I kept thinking, how oh, they just get off? But none of us did. We just endured it for like 20 floors. I lost okay, a sorry. friend in a casino. I lost a friend in a casino at a bachelorette party. Yeah, maybe she was on her elevator. <laughs> she went she was she just got drunk and ran away. <laughs> what is your favorite? We talked about the uh the end scene, the Manjon tiles. Uh, what's your favorite strategy game? So card game, dominoes, like what's what's one of your favorites? My favorite's 42. It's a domino game called 42. 
and it's you know, my favorite. We have not played that in so long. I know. It's because our children always want to play with us now. They grew up. Child, children. Uh, I don't know. I don't really play like those are the kind of games I usually play. I feel like Uno is a very good strategy game. No, it's not. It's a game of luck. <laughs> it is, but you can get people really pissed off pretty quick with uh, yes. Uno. <laughs> if that's your strategy, then yes, and I am really good at that. <laughs> Just you keep throwing down the draw twos and the draw fours <laughs> on one person. <laughs> yes, that is the whole. That's the whole strategy. Yeah, and I don't really play like card strategy games. It's not a thing. I would like to play more. My grandpa wants me to play dominoes. You should. Rom-com rankings. The first category is the romantic chemistry between the leads. So, uh, Jojo, how would you rate one being the lowest, five being the highest, uh, the relationship between Rachel and Nick here? I'd give it like a solid four. Okay. Explain. Well, no, I give it like a four point two. All right, up a little bit, four point two. Because it's like it's it's genuine, but I told you I like cringy, like over the top in my romantic comedies, and their chemistry relationship is like so genuine and like almost like so real, which it worked for them, and I loved it. But also, like I like my romance, I like my over the top relationships in romantic comedies. That's why I say a four point two. Like, because, like, the realness of, like, when they're out eating and she's, like, eating your food and he eats it and she's, like, you could have just ordered your own. <laughs> and he's, like, but I want to eat yours. Like, that's real. So, <laughs> 4.2. What about you, Wit? I give it a four. I really like that he never does anything against her in the movie. Like, he never he never becomes the bad guy. Um, and I kept waiting on him to become the bad guy to, like, realize like i mean i think that he you know takes it at first from his mom but like i don't think he ever becomes like the cheater or the person that like i don't know i like that about it so i give it a four okay i was a little bit i i, I give the relationship a two and a half i just they're fine i i just i just they're not very memorable to me a two like, and a together. half yeah that's I mean, what makes it so genuine they're a regular couple Get out of here! Yeah, with your two and a half. I just, I just don't, I, I just don't feel much uh, like for them in this. I think it's really, I think everything you remember and we'll about this movie, and we'll talk about in the next category are all the supporting characters. I don't really remember much about Nick and Rachel in this movie. In fact, I bet you if you asked people what the main characters' names were in this movie, they would not be able to tell you. Well, Nick and Rachel, you just told me. And go around before you put this out and ask people what are the names of the main characters in Crazy Rich Asians without looking it up. I would yeah. never know anybody's name, so that's not a fair question. What what about Jerry Maguire in that movie? Well, Jerry, because that's the only one I know, but otherwise I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, I'm if just the saying. movie was named Nick and Rachel, you'd remember. What about Jerry the Maguire? I could not have told you that Nick was played by Henry Golding uh, before this. Like, I don't know who any of them are. Oh, yeah, you do. You know Tom no, Cruise. You know. And Get Renee out of here. Zellweger. Go on to the next question. Okay. So the next one is the best The best friends. Who are you considering the best friends? Well, obviously, Pink Ling. Yeah. Played by Aquafina. Colin was Chris. 
uh, yeah, Colin played by Chris Payne. He was he was kind of Nick's buddy who's who was getting married. Wouldn't you say he was? Um, he yeah, always, I liked him. Yeah, they See? showed up with those balloons. Like, why did they show up with balloons? Like, what were they supposed to do with those the whole time? <laughs> Just yeah. See, now you want to talk about a two. I think he was like a two as a character because he was kind of bland. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the other friend, she was amazing, very supportive in all the things. You talk about a supportive best friend. Like she was there for her when she was sad and needed somewhere to go. She was there to pump her up and be like, yeah, you go tell her what's what. But then also was like there to be like, hey, you can't wear that to the party. I'm going to need you to change. Yeah. And I, I just felt like, I mean, they were the main ones, but as a whole, there was kind of some other one, you know, uh, Oliver who comes in, um, played by Nico Santos. We know him from uh superstore, uh, mainly, but you know, there's a lot of people that are become a champion for their relationship. So mm -hmm. I'm cutting off a little bit. I gave as a whole, I gave it five parts. Cause to me, that's what really stands out with this movie. I'm sorry, Whoa. you gave the best friends five hearts, but you gave the couple a 2.5. Yes, because <laughs> I think the first thing you think of this movie is Aquafina. The first thing I think of is always the wedding scene, if I'm being honest. No. <laughs> Me, it's the play. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how, would you, how would you rate it? Mine's a split rating between a two on Nick and a, a five on Aquafina. Okay. Whitney. I give it a four. Okay, the soundtrack. Now I know that Whitney did not listen to the soundtrack to this movie, but um, did you have a chance to listen to it, JoJo? I did, and I enjoyed it immensely. Yeah. <laughs> it was like it's a nice, good like one of those soundtracks where it's more mainly because I don't speak Mandarin or Cantonese, so I don't know what they're saying to me. <laughs> of like just like the joy of like the beat behind the song, and like it was very much those like I was driving down the road, I was like, oh. Do you do you beat my fingers on the wheel? Did yeah. you send me the box? The, the, no. Did you send JoJo? Uh, no. I looked it up. Uh, <laughs> but, I can't do it unless you we, send it to me. We we like to prep for things like this, Whitney. <laughs> yeah, Whitney. I have notes, uh, Whitney. Let's look here. Notes. Oh, I'm proud of you too. So, so what did what did you give the soundtrack, JoJo? Um, I would give it a. I'd give it a three. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's what I gave it. Uh, I, the, you know, the, it consists of a lot of covers of familiar songs, but like you mentioned, mm -hmm. you know, in different languages, but it's a very, very like high, uh, the production value is like very strong. And so the songs are really good. Uh, you, you, a lot of people would recognize money. That's what I want, but I really like the cover by Catherine Ho of yellow, the Coldplay song. I think yeah. that one's a really a beautiful cover of the song. But uh, yeah, Whitney, do, would you like to weigh in at all? I would not. I can't remember one thing about the music. <laughs> not one thing. Yeah. So, uh, what do y'all? The fourth category: the chasing or declaration of love. Uh, how how do you rate this, JoJo? All right. Well, remember, I really loved the twenty-seven dresses one. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is no twenty-seven dresses chase scene. Yeah. It's, it's, I would probably give it like a 3.75. <laughs> you know, you know, you make my job a lot harder on my spreadsheet. As yeah, I'm, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so, are you considering the scene like where basically he hops on, on the, plane. the plane? Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. What What about you, Whitney? I give it a five for one reason. Because it's on a blade. No. <laughs> I forgot about that. No, because I love when he when that person's suitcase is in his way and he has to like help the person get the suitcase up or down or whichever way he was doing it. Like he try he like stops what he's he's like professing his love and he like takes the suitcase and shoves it in there and then like keeps going. I just really liked that it like impeded the um the chase scene like didn't get stomped out by the like regularness of getting on a plane. I gave it my 3.75 because I feel like he, he had already professed his love and she didn't want to hear it because she was laying in bed sad and didn't want to answer her phone. And so it was just over like he did. If you just would have answered your phone, you would have already gotten this. So I think I was just more irritated with Rachel at the moment. That's why I wasn't a fan of it. Uh, so I, I rated it pretty low. Uh, I, I gave it two hearts. I just, I, I give you, you know, two hearts. <laughs> I just, <laughs> it, you know, I, I had seen this movie before. I, I, I didn't remember that this is how they ended up together. The, the, the ring is a little nice touch. Um, but I mean, just the, on the plane, I, I don't know. Every everything had been uh, so lavish at this point. I, I don't know. It was kind of, I guess, it grounds them a little bit to put them like in the coach area of the plane. I can, I can see that, kind of see that juxtaposition. But um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I just think there's a lot more other things in this movie that are memorable. I would agree. Yeah. Also, so, because it's ridiculous that they immediately. Okay, get up I'll give it a four. Party. You talked me into it. A four. <laughs> I'll give it a four. <laughs> I don't think I've ever talked you into anything. Well, today's your day. <laughs> I hope that was worth it. <laughs> this was it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You should ask for a refund, Nathan, to try again. <laughs> Yeah, if if we if we learned anything uh, through this podcast is that Whitney is a very practical person. <laughs> Balloons, <laughs> water at a wedding, yeah. <laughs> so the uh, rewatchability of this movie, uh, wh what do you all give it? Well, again, I own it on DVD, so my re my rewatchability is a five. I could watch it all the time. I enjoy are you, it. Are you sure it's not a four point three nine two? No, <laughs> it's a solid. If I own it on DVD, it's rewatchability all the way up on top. If I don't own it on DVD, there's no reason for me to rewatch it. Yeah. What about you, Whitney? Four. Four. Okay. I could rewatch it. I enjoyed rewatching it, but it wasn't, like you said, funny enough for me to need to rewatch it for lines or anything. Yeah. Uh, I, I give it a three. Uh, I probably wouldn't ever watch this movie again if it, it wasn't on this list. And, and so I, I, I enjoy it. I probably actually liked it a little bit more uh, the second time. As I mentioned, the whole Astrid storyline just does not work for me. I think it completely ruins the flow of the movie, but um, I definitely think it's something worth watching. Uh, Hallie watched it with us and she seemed to take to it. I think she enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, um, I, I see why it's on this list because um, it really made such a big impact. And I, we didn't talk about a whole lot, but I do think it's really cool that this was kind of a new world that a lot of Americans have never seen. And so I know there was a controversy between the casting and stuff, but I still think it's pretty cool that 
you know, as sad as it is, it probably opened a lot of people's eyes to a different lifestyle of like, oh, people can be like lavish outside of America, you know, that sort of thing. And so uh, I think it's definitely worth watching. But, um, you know, it's just not something mentally I like go to as far as maybe if the other movies get developed and, you know, it, it comes out as a solid trilogy, you know, maybe it's something that I'd be more prone to come back to. I don't know. You didn't like Astrid's storyline. Well, maybe, maybe if it, maybe if it's developed a, a little bit more, I, I don't know. It just like, it, it wasn't fleshed out enough. And then w when it was inserted into the movie, it just, it just seemed really just kind of all over the place, but yeah. Any recommendations, uh, anything that you've been listening to or watching Jojo? Uh, last time I gave a recommendation, Nathan, you said you didn't know if you wanted me to make recommendations anymore. <laughs> I've slept since then. What <laughs> I forgot what it was. I recommended bones. <laughs> bones. Oh, I oh, yeah. like recommending suits. Uh, every time we talk to one of our parents, they tell us, have you been watching suits? Have you watched suits? <laughs> I actually do. So I have been watching some newer things. I will say before I say this that I have not listened to y'all's What Are We Watching Now podcast because I don't want there to be any spoilers if you have spoilers in it. So I haven't listened. Nathan to it. said I, we didn't have spoilers. No, we I, well, I didn't kind of listen. Do. I didn't click on it because I didn't want there any spoilers because I haven't watched this new season of Love is Blind yet. So, but I'm watching The Golden oh. Bachelor and I have something really serious to say about this and I'll move past it. I'm upset they didn't replace the bunk bed. Like these women are in their fifties, sixties, and seventies. Why are we making them get in a bunk bed? Yeah, I, I think it's just a fake storyline. There's just no way. Like I don't even want to get up on the top bunk bed, and I am twenty five years younger than they are. But that's like, the thing is, I think that that's just all the beds they have, and I think that it's real. I don't think it's fake. I think those no, bunk beds are really there. They only have like sixteen women in the house, and there's like thirty bunk beds for the first. People, they have more beds. They don't need to have everybody on the top. All right. It's aggravating to me, too. I'm with you. It was on our last I was podcast. I was Go back and listen. I, I will once I watch Love is Blind, so I can't listen to it. Mm -hmm. Once I watch Love is Blind. Um, I'm also, so things that I would recommend to watch, because I'm real into it right now. So there's this show on Netflix called Baking Impossible. Okay. And it's full of, a, it's got a fun term. Don't shake your head at me, Whitney. It's got a fun term called Baconeers, and they're bakers and engineers that make these monstrosity ridiculous desserts together and it is the greatest thing i have ever watched like i'm talking fully functioning cake cars that have hidden compartments with other dessert inside of them and then it has to go through an obstacle course to see if it's can actually do it or if it doesn't make it and falls apart or making a ship that floats across water made out of dessert oh. It's I'm going the greatest back, thing I've ever watched. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going back to the practicality of, of the appeal of this show. Um, it's weird. It's weird. That's it. It's dessert and engineers together. They created a weird name called Baconeers, and it's the most ridiculous and awesome thing I've ever watched. Okay. That's very nice. Are you going to check that out, Whitney? Nope. No, she's shaking her head at me. She's not going to watch it. Nope. I also feel like she heard me talk about it recently. <laughs> yep, I did. <laughs> I really like it. I'm also watching the newest season of Glow Up. I'm always I'm almost done on Netflix. If anybody out there watches Glow Up on Netflix, the makeup competition show, it's pretty great. I enjoy it. Okay. Uh, 
we kind of <laughs> we talked a lot about the stuff that we were watching in the last podcast. So, Whitney, did you have anything that popped into your head? No, I was trying to think of something, but they kept going back to those shows we're currently watching. So, I, I'd, I, the book time. I really need somebody out there to tell me. I've read all of like Catherine Sinner books. I've read all of Christina Lauren's books. Those are all my favorites. I've read all of the authors that I like to read. And now I'm reading all these like period time pieces and they're about to just like make me gas my eyes out. I'm like losing my mind. So what, I need some just good. What kind of period time piece? Like is it like wholesome, like an Amish book period time piece or like that I'm currently starting no, raunchy, but not raunchy. No, like where no, are you? It's not, that? it's not like yours, Jojo. I, I really just love to watch, to read like, fiction realistic fiction like today like people i can relate to and like i'm reading about people from the 1500s at the moment and i'm losing my mind so i've got to get a new book so i'll see what i can i'll see what i can find for you i can't okay. again Thank i can't you. recommend any of the books that i'm i'm reading yeah yeah well we haven't started it yet but we did listen to lessons in chemistry together and the the tv adaptation just came out on apple uh, apple tv Plus, and uh, it's gotten some good reviews, so we're excited about starting that one. Um, I know I've talked about it before, but I wanted to quickly recommend. I finally, I'm, I'm a little bit behind everybody else, but I finished the second season of The Bear on Hulu. It's an incredible show. It, it is so so good. So that's my that's my quick recommendation. Uh, I, I don't know where it will fare on the top my top ten at the end of the year, but it's going to be pretty high up there. But it's amazing storytelling. Uh, it's inspirational. Uh, Jojo, you'd like it. if you like cooking, baking stuff. You, I think you would like it. If you mm -hmm. like people screaming at one another, you'd like it. I do like that sometimes. Okay, well, you'd like it. <laughs> well, um, I wanted to thank both of you for coming on and uh, doing this. In uh, uh, yeah, taking it. I mean, we're verging on 9 30 here so the fact that whitney is still talking to us that's a that's a big win she's slowly yeah. slipping like i've watched it happen over the past Absolutely. 10 minutes yep. <laughs> especially after her uh her little snack at like two in the afternoon or like lunchtime i would be a riot i'm much better <laughs> at that time of day i would be really funny <laughs> Well, uh, I, I just want to give a special thank you to all our incredible guests and all of you, our fantastic listeners. Without your support, we wouldn't be able to dive into this mesmerizing world of rich culture. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on social media at Movie Dirt Life Pod for the latest updates, bonus content, and behind-the-scenes perks. Uh, remember, you can always visit our website, moviesyourlife.com, for all of our episode reviews and more. If you love this podcast, please take a moment to rate and review it. It really helps us with finding new listeners. Uh, thanks, JoJo, and thanks, Whitney. Have a good night. Right. See I'll see you tomorrow, tomorrow JoJo. Yeah, see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.